Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. Got a Bible or a version Bible app on your phone. Reach for it and turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 26. If you didn't bring a Bible, steal one in the back on your way out and then bring it with you next Sunday. Uh, but an app is cool too, and uh, you'll see the words giant Bible behind me and then on, online just the lower part of your screen. But it's best if you have your Bible with you. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. So I'm kicking it a little bit old school, but I love the way that it's written in this version. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, here's what it says. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she responded in the same way that you and I would respond. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Let me translate it for you, okay? Mary's like, this is epic. It's not every day that an angel appears to me. This is awesome. But here's what Mary's thinking. Am I in trouble with the man upstairs? Like, why is this happening? It's like when your boss calls you in for an unplanned meeting and you know it's not a performance review, what are you thinking? What did I do? <laughs> or what should have I done that I didn't do, right? That kind of deal. Or maybe even when I want to meet with you and it's not, you're like, what did I do, pastor, right? Like that kind of feeling you have, that's what Mary's thinking. She's like, what did I do? What's going on here? Well, the angel responds, Gabriel responds, verse 30. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Preach it, angel Gabriel. That is good stuff. Verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man, let me translate that, okay, as PG as I can. Mar Mary's like, um, Gabe, can I call you Gabe? <laughs> you know, Gabriel, um, just so you know, I I'm engaged. I, I got a fiance, but he ain't my husband. And I know Joe, but I don't know him like that. We're, we're saving ourselves for marriage, which by the way, you should too. Nobody said amen in this church. <laughs> How dare you? You should save yourself for marriage. Amen? Amen. Amen. I know how to guilt you into that, but that's God's standards and God's ways are the best ways, okay? So again, y'all help me out today. I was, I was out last week, so you should give me twice as much, all right, here this Sunday. So let's have some fun together. But she's like, hey, I don't know him like that. Verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, here's how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. When I did that Holy Spirit message a few weeks back, there's three different relationships, right? You have with, in, and then you also have upon. And that's what the angel says to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative. So he's going to try to lift up her faith right now, the angel. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What a story. Incredible. And remember, this is real life. This isn't a fairy tale. This really happened for Mary and Joseph. If you're taking notes in church, you know what I believe. Note takers are history makers. Here's the title of my message, because this is definitely what Mary and Joseph felt. And this is how some of you feel right now in this season. Here's the title. Write it down. This is not what I expected. This is not what I expected. And after you write that down, why don't you bow your head with me, close your eyes. Jesus, I pray for this 11 a.m. service. I pray, God, that not only would we read your word, but your word would read us. I pray, God, we would lean in with great expectation. I pray, God, that we would have the expectation that this is not just another service, this is not just another Christmas message, but you got real life change that you wanna do in every single person, from the brand new person to the new believer, to the seasoned saints. You have something new and fresh and real and lasting for all of us. The question is, will we take hold of it? And so I pray even for a very familiar passage. I pray, God, even for something that people outside the church know a little bit about this Christmas story. I pray, God, for all of us that we would take it all in, that we would apply it to our everyday lives. And again, that we would be changed for forever. Have your way in us. And may we see ourselves in this story and see ourselves in this passage together. God, we love you. And we ask all this and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This is not what I expected. You know, I'm sure you can relate to this on some level. But I think in our world right now, uh, when it comes to the Christmas season, there is way too much hype and way too much pressure. Does anybody else feel that a little bit? especially if you're a parent or a grandparent, right? You got all this pressure, all, much, all this hype. And, and I know this personally, uh, these movies that, that ladies maybe you like and guys maybe even like, but you don't tell anybody, but these movies called Hallmark Christmas movies have not helped. And uh, they've really set the bar way too high. And again, I think there's too much hype and, and too much pressure. And, and you know, one thing that drives me crazy uh, about this season, in fact, I saw this even before Thanksgiving got here, but one thing that really drives me crazy is those commercials that you see online and on your TV uh, of where you've got this, this, this family and, and they're like models. You know, the, the husband's a model, uh, the, the wife's a model, the children are models, even the dog looks like a model, you know, it's just like picture perfect, you know what I'm saying? And in this commercial, it happens every year, I saw it again this year, in this commercial, this husband, he gives his wife a surprise gift on Christmas morning, and what does he give her? A brand new car. <laughs> and it drives me crazy because that ain't real life. Like, who does that? And not only that, like, how do you find a bow that big to put on top of the car? Like, what story? Like, Hobby Lobby don't have that kind of bow. Like, like what's going on here? And it just drives me crazy. Like, there's people in this church, there's people that I know, friends of mine, that you, you've been blessed financially by God but you don't do that. You don't buy your spouse a car. Like, it's crazy. And again, I think there's this 
way too much hype, way too much pressure put on this season, these sky-high expectations. So probably like you, with all the hype and all the pressure, I know personally that I've had some Christmas seasons that didn't live up to what I expected. And can we be honest about that? Like there's things that have happened that they were not like we expected them to happen. And, and I know, again, there's been Christmases like that. I, I remember even five years ago, some of you know this, but not a lot of you know this because we've got so many new people. But five years ago, my first Christmas here on Christmas Eve morning, which was a Sunday that year, but Christmas Eve morning, I get a call before service started because we didn't have two services at the time. We didn't need two services at the time. And so I got a call from one of my elders Christmas Eve morning. Hey, Ryan, just want you to know before you come in today, just want you to know this, that, that we got broken into here on Christmas Eve. That's actually why back here in this corner, one of our white panels of stained glass is off-colored, didn't match the other ones. It's because we had to replace it. So it was smashed into, and on Christmas Eve, ain't nothing sacred anymore. In God's house, we were broken into, and thousands of dollars worth of stuff was stolen, which is not easy for a church revitalization to take care of that, but God helped us to do it. I'll tell you this, it's not what I expected my first Christmas here in Houston. I remember even this last year for my family and I, and and we found out, and maybe you've experienced this the last couple of years with COVID, but we found out right before Christmas, right before Christmas Eve, I believe, or even Christmas Eve day, but we found out that one of my family members that we were going to spend Christmas together had gotten COVID. And not only that, but they had already been around everybody else that we were going to spend Christmas with. So none of my family could come to, to Christmas Eve services. No, we couldn't do, we did one of those drive-by Christmases. I don't know if you've had to do that the last couple of years. Not like shootings, you know, but a drive-by where they're in, like right in front of your house and they got masks on and you're spraying them down with Purell, right, as you're doing presents. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is not what I expected. This is not what I thought it would look like. And again, in life and during Christmas, there's this expectation that doesn't always match reality. I was looking online a couple weeks ago as I was starting to write this message, and I found out, and they're kind of called Pinterest fails. I don't know if you've ever seen these online. Yes, some of you have, uh, where you've got this idea, like this expectation. Hey, this is going to look awesome. This is going to be great. But then the reality doesn't match the expectation. And I want to show you a couple of them. Why? Because you need to laugh. I can see your faces right now. You need to laugh a little bit. And so I got a couple of them I want to show you. Because again, reality doesn't always meet expectation. Let's start with the expectation first. Uh, moms and dads, when, you, um, when you're trying to get a Christmas photo of your kids, uh, you will resort to anything and everything you've got to do to get them to smile. Right? Amen. Amen. Somebody's honest. Like, like. Like, you'll bribe them money, you know, whatever you got to do, candy, like, 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 you'll do it. Yeah, you do it for the gram, right? You want that great, um, great picture. And so here's the first picture. You can show it in the back. Here's the expectation of this. And that's beautiful, right? Kids are looking good. You know, you found the letters at Hobby Lobby to spell out joy. You know, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to get at least 100 likes on this picture when I post it online. Like, it's going to be amazing. And so you got this expectation that it's, it's, it's going to be beautiful, They'll make all the other parents jealous because your kids are amazing. But the expectation doesn't always match the reality. Here's the reality. Show the next one. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's funny. <laughs> that's, that is funny. Uh, like parents, that's, that almost hurts a little bit when you laugh at that because you're like, that is my life. <laughs> just, just how it is, you know, or if you get one smiling and the other ones are not smiling right or everybody's got their eyes closed but the one kid you know all that kind of deal and 
the expectation doesn't always match the reality. I, I got a couple more to show you here. Um, here here's the first one. Here's, here's the expectation for a Christmas tree. So that's really, that's really creative. You know, ladies, you get on Pinterest and, and you, you, you see this Santa, or not this Santa, excuse me, you see this uh, snowman and you're like, man, we can do this with our tree. And it's gonna be awesome. The kids can get involved too. It'll be kind of like a craft. You know, it's gonna be incredible. So you got this expectation, but here's the reality. I've seen it so many times, but it's still funny. Like, that is so good. You go from happy uh, snowman to very sad. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Frosty there. But, but you got this expectation, and it doesn't match the reality. So here's, here's the question today that we need answering. We need it answered. Is what do you do in life when it goes not according to your plan? What, what do we do in our world where the reality is definitely not the expectation and God's going to help us answer that question today and we're going to look at Luke 1 to find answers so if you shut your Bible open it back up but this passage reveals to us so much because again with Mary and Joseph it's definitely not the first Christmas is not what they expected and so we find some advice from their lives that we can apply to our lives and y'all know me if the Sunday doesn't change the Monday the Sunday didn't count and so let's see it with fresh eyes like it's the first time so here's the first thing if you're taking notes. As we look at Mary's life, and it's been turned upside down, the angel Gabriel gives her some really helpful advice. And here's what he tells her. Number one, that even though her life's about to get crazy, she's going to be, number one, overshadowed. Overshadowed. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this is a bad thing because you're thinking about that coworker that overshadows you or your friend that overshadows you, or, or your family member, maybe your brother or sister, your sibling that overshadows you. And yeah, that may be a bad thing, but when it comes to your relationship with God, to be overshadowed is actually a really good thing. And here's what it says. We read it earlier, verse 35. The angel Gabriel told Mary, hey, it's gonna be okay. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And so for this to really hit home for your life, I need you to remember again that this is real. Mary and Joseph, they actually went through this. And for some of you, this is gonna mess up your theology, but it's a good thing. Here's what you need to know about Mary and Joseph and also your life. That oftentimes God will place you in a tough situation on purpose. It's just the reality. Some of you are like, that's not the message I expected. Hence the name of this message. <laughs> it is not what I expected. Yeah, yeah, I know you, might, you want me to make you feel good, but that's not how we roll here. I'm gonna preach God's word to you. And in God's word, it's very, very clear. And with Mary and Joseph, it's extremely clear that God, and I'm not saying he does bad stuff. He does nothing bad. Don't twist what I'm saying. But what I am saying is there are times in our lives where we find ourselves in tough situations and instead of blaming the devil or your mother-in-law, you actually should look to God and say, God, did you put me in this situation? Because oftentimes he does. And so again, let's apply this to our lives. Ladies, listen up for a moment. I want you to pretend that you're Mary in this story. First time you're hearing it, pretend that you're Mary and here's what she's thinking, here's what you would be thinking. Before the angel comes to her, Mary, of course, is engaged. And so she's thinking about her wedding day. 
as Pastor Dante talked about so beautifully last Sunday, weddings back then, they could last a week or longer. I mean, it was a party, y'all. Like, it was awesome. And so she's thinking about what colors that she's going to have and use for her wedding, what kind of flowers they're going to use. She's thinking about the guest list and making sure those weird cousins are on a distant table, you know, away. Like, she got to invite them, but they don't have to be that close to her, you know what I'm saying? So this is where Mary's at. She's excited about her new life. Ladies, you would be too. She's getting ready to get married. It's going to be incredible. And then all of a sudden, an angel enters into her world, and he's got a message, which, by the way, that's what angel means, messenger. And he's got a message from God, and he says, hey, I know you're excited about your wedding day, but you're pregnant. Like, you're going to conceive a child and not any child. Your child is going to be the Messiah the chosen one, the son of God, the one that Jewish people have been waiting for. You're going to give birth to him. Ladies, can you imagine your mind like what is going on? Are you serious? This has never happened before. What, what is taking? And not only that, Mary knew. And if you're a Mary, think about this. Put yourself in her place. Mary knew that she would be mocked and ridiculed. Not only that, but she could have been killed for getting pregnant out of wedlock, outside of marriage. So that, all that's in her mind. She knows that. She will be judged, not just for nine months as she carries the Lord, but she asks also as she raises him, she'll be mocked and ridiculed. I'm telling you, this is where her mind was at, and this is where your mind would be too. Not only that, but I've talked about this in Christmas's past, but she knows that when nine months is up, not only, again, will she carry baby Jesus, she will raise baby Jesus. Parents, you thought parenting a normal kid was hard. <laughs> Try raising the son of God. That's not easy. Not only that, if you know the scriptures, you know that Mary and Joseph left Jesus one time, like for a long time. It was home alone before home alone, okay? <laughs> like left him. Like it's just crazy. And so you got Mary, she is thinking all these things and and you know that song, Mary, did you know? I'll tell you what she did know. She knew that her life just got real complicated real fast. It's a true story. It's not a fairy tale. Fellas, pretend you're Joseph for a moment. Like, this is tough. Your fiance has just dropped a nuclear bomb on your lap that she's pregnant. We're like, well, who's the father, Mary? God what like do y'all see the pressure here like joseph's thinking guys what you're thinking sure god's the father sure what's his other name mary right where's he live give me his address i'm bringing my guns you know that's what you're thinking like i'm taking this guy out she's like no no, no. really I, an angel came to me and we don't read this here but you find it out in other places in the gospels joseph it took a dream of the angel coming him to reveal that she was telling the truth and some of you are like why would it take that here's why because it would take a supernatural move for you to believe your fiance was something big like that it had to happen or he wasn't going to believe her and so i'm telling you if you're mary if you're joseph you're like what is going on this is not what i expected and even though what happened for mary and what happened for joseph isn't our story i get it if you were honest though there are situations that you face this year and i believe this situations that many of you are in right now 
that have not gone like you expected. And this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where you apply this to your life and not just pretending you're one of these Bible characters. But in your life, what's that area? What's that situation that it's not going like you expected it would? Maybe for some, and I wrote down a few, and maybe they'll hit you kind of differently, but maybe for some, you worked hard at your job this year, but you lost it anyways, and you're still looking for another one. Maybe you're here today, and you prayed for a miracle, and it hasn't happened yet. Maybe you're believing God for your family to be restored, but it's more broken than ever. Maybe you thought you'd be way farther along in your career or in your study right now, but it doesn't look like you thought it would. Maybe, just maybe, you thought 2022 would finally be your year, but you're already looking forward to 2023 because it hasn't gone like you expected. There are situations, this is real life, situations we find ourselves in where it is so overwhelming, and in those moments, you and I need to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. You need it more than maybe you even realize. And here's what that word means, by the way, and I don't have slides for this. This is extra credit notes. You can write this down, but I think it's really gonna help you. When you look at the original language here in Luke 1, it's Greek, not English. It's been translated from Greek. And when you look at the original language, that word overshadow is so deep in meaning. And I hope you'll write this down, but here's what it means. To be overshadowed means to be covered by the presence of God to be covered by the presence of God. And this word, it, it points back to the Old Testament. What we're reading from is the New Testament. But this word overshadow points back to the Old Testament and specifically how God's glory and God's presence covered and filled the tabernacle. That it would envelop the tabernacle. Upon, around, in, that's the word overshadow. This word overshadow is also the exact same word in the original language that's used at the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountaintop. Now, I know nowadays not everybody knows their Bible like we used to know uh, with, with just generations past. I get all of that. But here's what that was simply. There was a moment in Jesus' life as he grew up that when he had his, his disciples around him, he took his inner circle, the inner three, they went up on top of a mountain and God revealed through his son Jesus, revealed his full glory. And he was transfigured, Jesus was transformed. And it was epic, it was awesome, spectacular. It's found in three of the four gospel accounts. It's incredible. And in that moment, during the transfiguration, literally Jesus is enveloped by a cloud. He is covered by the presence of God. And God the Father confirms his sonship, his lordship, confirms his power. Again, it was epic. And so all of that New Testament and all of that Old Testament is wrapped up in this word that Mary would be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, that she'd be enveloped, drenched, soaking wet in the presence of God. And that's the only way she was able to get through this. Because when something like that happens in your life, that turns it upside down, when you're going through something that looks completely different than you thought it would, when you need God to move in your life, when you are desperate and you know you're being ridiculed by everybody, you need more time, not less time in the presence of God. And you need that too. And I know, and I know what you're feeling. I sense it. I feel like God's revealing it to me right now. You're thinking, well, no, 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 that's, that's not where I want to be because I think there's judgment. No, 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 that's what the devil wants you to think. 
And that's why people, when they go through hard times, they don't press into God. They don't press into God's house, the church, his people, but they actually run away. But even though that's what you want to do, that's not what you should do. Instead, you actually need to press in even more. It's times where you're going through something unexpected and overwhelming that you should be overshadowed by the presence of God, to be drenched in his presence. This is why coming to church is so important. It's not to make me feel good or so we can talk about numbers, anything like that. It's because you need it. I need it. The world is crazy out there. There are things happening to you and in your family that are so overwhelming and you need moments where you can push all that to the side, not pretend like it's not happening. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying sweep it under the rug, but times where you push it to the side for a moment and you lift up holy hands to the Lord and you say, God, would you overshadow me? Would you cover me in your presence? I need more of you, not less of you. It's important. You need it. I need it. And, and I just want to be real with you because we got this, got this idea in American culture that being overshadowed is bad and, and that we don't want that, that we want to be highlighted and we want, we want to be talked about and we want to be promoted and we want people to like us and all this kind of stuff. But we got to get back to our biblical roots, church. And I need you to know today, and yeah, this ain't going to feel good, but it's the truth. So I'm going to tell it to you that you are not the main character in your story. And so if you're mad about not being first, mad about not getting the promotion or not being famous or not, not having everybody look at you or like you or all this kind of stuff on social media, you have got things twisted. Jesus is the main character in your story. He's, yeah, come on, somebody give him praise. He's the main character. That's why you see those letters out there. That's why every single service, it's all about Jesus. I could care less of creating a program where you come in, you feel good, you check the box, and you leave the exact same way. I know this. You do not need a program. You don't even need me as the pastor. You need the ultimate pastor, Jesus. He is the one, and he changes lives. He's changed my life and he will change your life. And you need to be overshadowed. We, we say it this way in our culture, we need to hide behind the cross. The biggest compliment that people give me is not, hey, church is growing. Hey, this thing's cool or that thing's great. I love the graphic, love the decor. That's, that's not a compliment. You can say that. I'm not saying it's bad to say that. But here's what I'm going after. Hey, pastor, today in that message, I didn't even see you. I saw Jesus. That today, like, that was cool, you had the two points, but man, the Holy Spirit spoke something to me, and it has changed my life. That's the goal, that's the win. You don't need to encounter Christ's covenant, you don't need to encounter Ryan Weems, you need to encounter the Holy Spirit. He's the one that changes lives. And when you're overwhelmed, when life is going not like you expected it to, you don't need more of me or more of a person or a self-help book or all that kind of stuff. You don't need to listen to another podcast. You're listening to it two times speed anyways and not taking anything in. You need more time in the presence of God that you would be overshadowed. And when you're overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, you're reminded that your story, Mary's story, Joseph's story is not about them. It's all about Jesus. He is the one that you need. So Mary, it's not what she expected that first Christmas, but it's okay the angel Gabriel, the messenger from God, tells her, because you're going to be overshadowed, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. It's different than with you and in you. It's going to be upon you. It's going to be awesome. It's going to help you. It's going to be so powerful. So Mary hears all of this, and here's her response back, and this is how I'll close today. 
Her response back to the angel after she understands the call, understands the mission, she tells the angel Gabriel, let it be according to your word. And that's the second and last point. Let it be. Now, some of y'all are thinking about that Beatles song right now. <laughs> let it be. I gotta tell you, this is just the truth. They ripped that from Mary. Mary came way before the Beatles did. She should have trademarked that thing, you know? <laughs> Make some money off of it. Her family at least later on. Let it be. She understands all of it now. Not all the details, but what the mission is. And she says, let it be to me according to your word. I believe it's verse 38. Yes. Let it be to me according to your word, God. And this is where God wants you and I to get to. That whenever life is unexpected, whenever you're struggling or your children or children's children are struggling with things that you never thought they would, that just hit somebody right there. I didn't plan to say that. That's the Holy Spirit speaking through me to you. That when something happens in your world, I thought it would go differently than this. God wants to get you to a place, the place that Mary eventually got to, where even if you don't understand it all the way, let's be real, even if you don't like it all the way, that it's not comfortable, it's not easy, that you can finally just look up to the Lord and say, God, I trust you. Let it be. Let it be. I, I trust that your ways are better than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Let, let it be. I wouldn't have picked it. I wouldn't have chosen this. There's a lot of other good options. I can give you a list, God. And God's like, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> he wants to get you and I to a place where we just say, let it be. And so I wrote down a few more examples because I, I think just prophetically they'll hit people differently, just like the list before. Let's make this personal as we close. Maybe you're here in this room or in other rooms online and maybe you're even watching this on demand right now. This, it's not even Christmas season. You're like, what did I get myself into this Christmas message? But you just kind of hung in there because the Holy Spirit's been drawing you. Maybe you're here and your marriage is on life support. And you're realizing very quickly that another holiday season has not helped your marriage. It's actually hurting your marriage. Put more pressure. It's bringing more things to the surface that you can't sweep under the rug anymore. So maybe that's you marriage is struggling. You don't know how much longer it's going to last. You're, you're fearful that the spouse that you have that's going to file for divorce. And maybe you're even thinking about filing yourself. Maybe you even got the papers written up with that lawyer, but you haven't exactly turned them in yet. All that's true, but you also know deep down that even though you feel hopeless, there is hope in Jesus. And he can restore. He can renovate. Like he can do what only he can do. Remember what the angel said, nothing's impossible with God. So that's you today. Marriage is struggling, but God's promised you he's going to restore it. Your job is not to fix it. Your job is to look up to the Lord just like Mary did and say, you know what? Let it be to me according to your word. Maybe you're here and you're in major debt. And again, holidays aren't helping. Because you feel that pressure from culture in the world that you got to do twice as much for your kids than you ever got as a kid growing up. And all the commercials have gotten to you, even though you would not like to admit it. And we all know that one-click shopping, purchasing on Amazon hasn't helped either. You're like, man, I got to have it and my kids got to have it. But you just know that you don't need to wait till a New Year's resolution to cut back financially to get out of debt. 
You know God's calling you now to make some cuts. I'll say it to you this way. Your kids do not need more presents. They need your presence. Man, that's good preaching right there. You don't have to respond. That's good preaching. They need you. That toy, that gadget, that iPad, it's going to end up in a dumpster in a landfill one day. But your presence, your time, well, that's what they need. So God's speaking to you. Hey, you're in major debt, but you got to make some changes and you don't wait till the new year. You start right now. And your job is not to fix it. Your job is to do what God has asked you to do and to look up to him and say, let it be. I'm going to trust you at your word. For some of you, a coworker, a friend, a family member, a nosy neighbor is stressing you out. And every day they got a new problem. You know people like that, right? None of them are in this church, of course. You know, none of them, but, but other people, right? Like, you know somebody like that. That every day they got a new problem. And you go into the office, and that person, they can always find you. You're like, there's like 10 other people here. Why are they always coming to me? It's almost like they got GPS on you, tracking you, right? And as soon as you see them get up and head your way, what do you do? Restroom break, right? And you start walking away. But they find you anyways. It's a new issue, new problem. And here's the reality. And again, this is going to speak to somebody. I believe it prophetically. But you've been frustrated with them. Like, why me? Here's the word of the Lord for you. God chose you because you're the one to point them to Jesus. Well, this is not what I expected. That's God's specialty. So you're the one to point them to God. You're the one to invite them to a Christmas service. Like, you're the one. There's a reason. There's a reason. There's a purpose. So your job is not to fix it, not to keep avoiding them. Your job is to do what God's asked you to do and point them to him and to look up to God and say, God, I would have liked for you to pick somebody else, but let it be. Let it be. This next one's really heavy on my heart. It's so heavy. It's a burden like I feel on my shoulders. My wife, Isabel, feels the same way. Parents, I want to talk to you for a second. This isn't even a grandparent thing. This is a parent thing. Parents like my wife and I, hear me. I don't care how old your kids are. But when you see what the world is doing right now and what they are teaching our kids, it is completely contradictory to God's word. Completely. God is not silent on gender. He is not silent on sexuality. He is very loud about it. You can't read Old Testament or New Testament unless you skip a lot of places. You can't read it without seeing God's heart here. And I'm not mad at the world. God's not mad at the world. God loves the world. But it's a burden he has put on me. And why? Because it's so clear in his word. And parents, and I'm, I'm not anti-Disney. I'm not anti-media. Like, I, I'm not saying that. Like, like I'm, hear me. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that Disney and all these other companies, they have made it clear to their shareholders what their agenda is with our children. And if you don't believe me, you're shocked right now. It is public knowledge. You won't see it talked about on Fox or CNN, but you can Google it and you can find what they're on record saying. And if you've seen any of the new movies, you know exactly what's happening. I'm like, give me some old school Disney, you know, some Bambi, some of that stuff. I know that was sketchy still because, her, you know, parents died, you know, at the very beginning and all that. But I'd rather have that over this other stuff. 
And I'm just telling you, hear me. And if you don't like this, you can go to another church, but I believe there's enough. Look around here. They're like, you know what? It, it may not feel good all the time, but I believe God's ways are better. God's thoughts are higher and I'm gonna follow his word. So if that's you, you're at the right place, baby. Cause we're gonna be all God's word. But there is a clear agenda of the world to teach our children the world's ways. And even though we're a nation that was founded, one nation under God, we are so far from it. And so parents, here's what I'm getting at. It is not Disney's responsibility or the school they go to, their teacher's responsibility to teach them God's words and God's way. It's your responsibility. And so you've got to make a decision like Mary. Do we go with the world's ways and what feels comfortable with me, my expectation, the world's expectation, or why look up to God and say, you know what? I ain't gonna let Disney raise my kids. I'm gonna raise godly kids. God, it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be hard, but let it be. And again, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I love all those people that are struggling. You can shove it down my throat, but don't shove it down my kid's throat while they're developing what they believe. We're gonna, we're gonna follow God's word. We're gonna follow God's word. Y'all hear me, church? We're gonna follow God's word. It's who we are. Last one, last one. Y'all, I may have been closing for 20 minutes. I know, but it's getting good right now. I gotta share a couple of things. Thank you. Last thing got on my heart, just a burden. Again, not mad, not angry. I'm burdened. It's a boulder on my shoulders. And I believe it's from the Lord because it's in his word. But there's this fear going on and it's worse among adults. It's not so much with kids and teenagers, they will get there. But with adults right now, there's this fear of cancel culture. The man, if, if I stand up for biblical marriage and I, I stand up for biblical values and I stand up for, for the Bible's views on sexuality and all these things, gender, if I stand up for what God clearly says in his word, then I'm gonna be canceled. And maybe they can't fire you, but there's this fear on the inside that they won't promote you. There's this fear on the inside that, that you let people you know that you go to this church who believes the Bible, that they're gonna find that scripture and they're gonna say that thing. And there's this fear. And I just wanna say clearly to you from your pastor to your heart, that God has not given you and I a spirit of fear, that your boss is not your ultimate boss. The Lord is, he is the one that we follow. And so again, don't be mean. I'm not trying to raise up an angry mob that's exact opposite of what I'm trying to do. But what I am trying to do is preach God's word to you. That if the world's gonna be bold about things that are completely contrary to God's word, you better believe there should be some people of God, God's house, God's church, that are gonna stand up and be bold that this is what we believe. And there's a reason why we believe this. And we're gonna ultimately report to God, not to you. I don't, I don't fear cancel culture. I don't. They mute us all the time. In fact, I don't even know if this part will keep, stay up on Facebook. They, they mute us all the time, all the time. And I don't even say anything too crazy, I don't think, but maybe I do. But they, 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 don't, they don't mute us all the time, but, but here, here's what I am trying to get across, that even if they mute us, I'm not gonna stop preaching. That even if people say they're not gonna associate with me anymore, I'm, I'm not gonna stop preaching. That even if people say, you know what, that doesn't make me comfortable. When were you supposed to be comfortable? Mary wasn't comfortable. Come on, ladies, nine months pregnant. We ain't got to that part of the story yet. Getting on a donkey, camel, whatever, making your way to Bethlehem, right? Giving birth in a manger, horse trough, 
the side of some cave probably. You think, you think Mary was comfortable? Didn't even have a wet nurse there, you know, just nothing. Like she wasn't comfortable. But she still carried the Lord because she knew it was her calling. So again, I'm trying to get you to a place where you look up to the Lord. This is not what I expected, but let it be. Let it be. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna follow your word. I don't care what other people say. I'm not gonna be angry or mean or anything like that. I'm gonna be loving, but I will be bold. I'm gonna stand up for God and his word because I know he's got my back and I believe what he has to say. Amen, church? Let it be, let it be. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Jesus, I pray right now for those that have been walking in pride. They've made their life about them, the central character. And I pray God that just like Mary and just like Joseph, even though their life is maybe not going according to their plan or their design, it's not what they expected. I pray God that they be reminded from your word, just like Mary was reminded by the angel Gabriel, the messenger of God, that you have not called them to be comfortable, that you've called them to be obedient. And in their obedience, Holy Spirit, you will overshadow them. And it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. To be covered, soaked, drenched in the presence of God, outside and inside, a cloud enveloping them of your presence. There's been some in this house, they've been searching for answers. Why am I so stressed? Why, why is my life not meeting my expectations? The answer is simply here in your word in Luke 1. They need more time in your presence to be overshadowed, to be reminded that it's not about them, it's about you working in them and through them. So I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd come upon your people, that you would overshadow your people, overshadow me. May people, as they look at us in our lives, not see us, but may they see you, Jesus. I pray secondly, Again, for those that have been frustrated because they have this unrealistic expectation that their life should be perfect, their life should be comfortable, I pray, God, you gently remind them, maybe not even gently, firmly remind them that not only are they to be overshadowed, but they're to look back to you and whatever you have for them to say, let it be. I maybe wouldn't have planned it this way, but let it be. Maybe I would have liked you to pick somebody else to do that, but, but, but let it be. Let it be to me, God, according to your word. Whatever that looks like, whatever you wanna do, even if I need to be in a tough, tough situation, even if I need to develop some grit, even if I need to dig my heels in the ground and stand bolder than I have before because I've been too timid and too scared of this cancel culture, I pray, God, you'd help us to be bold, to honor your word. Let it be, let it be. Let it be. And I pray lastly, every head bowed, every eye closed. I pray lastly for anybody in this service that's far from you. I pray today would be their day of salvation. Like I've said, all service long, you were not mad at us, Lord. You are madly in love with us. Even while we were yet sinners, you died for us. The reality is we don't get cleaned up before we come to you. We come to you just as we are, dirty and all, and you clean us up. 
We are not saved by works. We're not saved by church attendance. We're not saved by reading our Bible. We are saved because of you, Jesus, and the saving work that you've already done once and for all on the cross. We don't earn salvation. We receive it. It's a gift from you. So I pray for anyone that's never received that gift. Talk about a Christmas present. That's the best one. save a sinner like me, a sinner like them. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer. Just you can whisper to the Lord right now. You can whisper this to Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you are God. These are not fairy tales. This really happened. And Jesus, I believe that you came to rescue me, to save me. I believe, Jesus, that you didn't stay a baby that you grew up and you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. It's not just some holiday where we can get off work, but that Good Friday and that Easter, it really happened. And I ask you, you've got to ask him this, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to knock down the wall, the barrier that my sin has put up between me and you. And I ask you to come inside and clean me up. I ask you to make me new, God, I give you my past, I give you my presence, and I absolutely give you my future. I surrender. I surrender. I trust you. Let it be. Do what you want to do in my life. Not what I want you to do, what you want to do. Let it be. God, thank you for those that are giving their life to you. There's nothing better Thank you, God, that because of your love, we can be forgiven. God, we ask all this and we pray all this in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ Covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at ChristCoveHouston. 